everybody. Welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. We got with us today the Murphy family with Patriarch Ryan Murphy. We got the Steers family with Patriarch Crofton Steers. Murphy family, Steers family, come on down. Let's play the feud. I think I'm getting my shows confused. Um, Did you do a family feud type in an extra another life or something or actually i'm glad you asked ryan um (laughs) i'm not i i did i did uh it was it's office christmas party time uh and uh we're in a in weird space a weird environment where we need to figure out ways to celebrate that don't involve going to a bar with your friends getting hammered which is the main way that humans celebrate and so we uh my director reached out to me and said, "Like, hey, you seem like a guy that likes to party, uh, whatever. <laughs> oh. um, do, do you? Can you organize interesting lead-in conversation from <laughs> your <laughs> boss? Yeah, you can, seem like a guy you, who likes to party. You ever, look uh, like a guy who <laughs> likes a good time. <laughs> um, yeah, and she was like, uh, can you organize something for the team? And so I started thinking about it, and I was like, where well, we're about 20 people. We could have two five-on-five games of the Family Feud. And so I organized with – I made my team abandon their work in favor of organizing a Family Feud. We sent out a survey to the to the whole branch, and then it was such a hit. We did it for another directorate, one that we're moving to for another like 30 people. And I've just been getting good feedback from the people love the feud. So yeah, the past uh, week I've been a family feud host twice. Uh, and, uh, and maybe it's starting to affect my, my brain, my COVID addled brain. Um, Ryan, uh, you are back at work. I think this is a milestone that should be yeah. noted and celebrated uh, your first week back for the listener's sake. How did it go? Uh, you know, here's the thing. I, I took parental leave with Caden and Abigail, but it was a shorter amount of time where it didn't, it didn't feel as far removed. I think with Caden, I was off for three months and then with Abigail I was off for three, three full months, but f- two of the uh, five months in total. Cause the two were kind of like a, uh, a reduced schedule, just like doing somewhere. So I was still connected to the office, but like in this instance, I was completely, uh, I don't want to say cut off, but I was completely removed from from work it, to be on parental leave, and I I just I have this newfound appreciation for people, uh, especially women who go off for such a long period of time to to care for their newborn, because that is that is hard. Like taking care of a, of a child is hard work. Um, being away from work that you're so used to doing day to day for in my case, over a decade, uh, and then suddenly cutting yourself off and then like bringing yourself back in. And depending on your workplace, like I, I'm lucky enough to work somewhere where it wasn't like stepping up to a fire hydrant that was spewing water. It was, it was very much an easy, an easier transition than that. But I know there are probably some employers that will basically put you in front of the, in front of the hose. Right. Um, so I can, I totally appreciate people who, who have gone through that before. I, I feel like I've experienced something like that it's not easy to step away from something you're used to doing day to day like it's when you take a one week two week vacation it's like ah finally vacation um but when you take nine months you take a a longer period of time there is this separation that takes 
takes I think it takes a toll. Like it 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 definitely it's a change, right? So going back, I'm, I'm I is it was it was weird. It was it was definitely weird. Um, weirder now because when I went back, I'm sitting here. Uh, you know, since September, I've been downstairs with the office computer, just kind of hanging out and doing random web stuff while Caden, um, like a podcast prep while Caden does his kindergarten. So now I'm down there and I'm working on work stuff while he's doing kindergarten. So it's been really an interesting transition. Like I, I can't have conference calls during specific times or else they'll hear, you know, Caden's kindergarten class, or they'll hear Abigail run down and be like, I pooped on the potty and say, well, what are you doing down here with your pants off? It's like, oh, great. So it's, it's definitely a different, uh, different time. Like we, we still have the kids around the house. Like I'm not going to the office. I'm working from home and I'm not yeah. even working in my office. I work in my office like two hours a day. Cause Ashley, once Caden's done school, um, I'll kind of sequester for two hours in my office and get like two hours of uninterrupted work time done. But the rest of it, I'm kind of, yeah, supervising. Well, welcome to 2020, Ryan. It's nice of you to join here. us. Um, <laughs> I, I like you waited to the last two weeks of the year to join us, but it's it's great. And then we've got a vaccine on its way, so it should Perfect. be good. Um, would you say uh, would you say the toughest thing from working uh, working from home is is having the kids in the house with you? I I don't know if I'd say that. I think it's I think it's just I've gotten used to it. So and I and I feel like. When I'm on the call with, like, I was on a conference call, and it just so happened to be at a time when um, Caden was having class, and Isabel was being put put to sleep by uh, Ashley, and Abigail was running downstairs, and she wanted me to read a book, and I'm on a conference call, and I'm like, hey, I'm just going to keep myself muted, and when I talk, you might hear kids in the background. I think everyone's used to it, at, at our work at least. Like, there's no there's no hard feelings for for having for hearing life around you and i suppose if there was like a really important meeting where i had to kind of like make sure i was had a utmost focus and and attention like i could probably figure that out but yeah it's it's definitely um it's definitely the tougher part is is having the kids around but i think the kids are good they understand and caden has the distraction of school and sometimes abby gets sucked into that as well so uh, it's not the end of the world but I'm sure there are going to be frustrating moments, um, probably in the new year when everyone is <laughs> done with the holidays, because I've already started. I came back at that. Here's the thing. I came back at that time. You, you, you say welcome to 2020 in the last two weeks. But I feel as I return, everybody's already in holiday mode at work. Like a lot of people are legit either getting ready to go on vacation or they're about to go on vacation or they're already on vacation. So I've really come back at this time where I can easily get back into the groove of like how work works and then in the new year be ready to go is basically where I'm at. So I'm glad I went back before Christmas. I was contemplating not doing it, but I'm glad I did because it gives me sort of uninterrupted time to get used to it before we really get going. All right. Well, we're going to shorten that down to having kids around. Let's go to the board. Uh, top five <laughs> oh, answers is is uh, is having kids around. Name name something that affects work in twenty twenty. We're going to say having kids around. Show me having kids around. Oh, there it there there it is. There it is, Ryan. You're on the board. It's the number three answer. Uh so good job. We're we're just gonna move on down to the next topic, I think, here. You know which it, is I just have to interrupt you there, Mr. Game Show Man. It, it would it would totally not surprise anyone that if this were a real game show, I would give a, a five minute answer to a five second answer. Uh, yeah. This checks out. 
Uh, this checks out. Show me this checks out. Is that on the board? Oh, I'm sorry, Ryan. All right, so yeah. let us let us move on to uh, the next category, which is uh, Crofton's treadmill desk. Now, you guys may remember last week when I was talking to Ryan uh, about uh, about how it was a legendary podcast because I was doing it for the first time ever standing up. Well. Since that time, I have complimented my standing desk with a small, like, desk treadmill that I bought on Cyber Monday. And, oh, man, I am loving this thing. Like, it just means, like, at meetings and stuff, like, I have sit meetings, stand meetings, and now walk meetings. Like, if I'm not talking a lot, I can maybe turn my camera off, although people find it hilarious when my camera is on. I put, like, backgrounds that make it look like I'm skiing down a hill or something like that. Um but it's uh, it it's really awesome. Like, and I shared a photo of my setup on Facebook, and it got more likes than pretty much all the photos of my kids combined. So, uh, you have so a new kid. People... It's your treadmill desk. Yeah, it's, it is. It's treadmill desk. Show and me treadmill, treadmill desk. <laughs> treadmill desk is uh is awesome. If the category Ryan was what are things that make twenty twenty a little bit brighter, and I said uh, having kids. Desk. No. Uh no. If I if if I said <laughs> treadmill desk, then you know, it definitely would be right? Am I right? I'm right. Yeah, what about having kids? Okay. Uh it is. It should dude, be up there. It should be up there above treadmill desk. Come on. Twenty and, and for uh Alex Albisu, who just recently had a kid, I just want to say twenty twenty, having kids, show me having kids. Oh, I'm sorry, Alex. I'm, oh, Whoa. double X, wow. double X. That's the worst. It's just not a great wronger, year. Wronger, wrong, more <laughs> wrong. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I'm just kidding. It's always a good time to have kids. Procreate. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's it. I just wanted to give a plug to treadmill desk. I'm I'm curious about the treadmill desk because I saw the photo and I was a little embarrassed to to comment on it because there were much more uh, eloquent commenters on there and likers and stuff. So I I'm gonna. I'm going to decide to uh, air my question on the podcast for everyone to, to listen Fine. to. Anyways, um, I'm just curious, like, how like how does that work? Like, are you actually, like, just walking? Like, is it is it a specific treadmill desk, treadmill that you that is for desks? Like, how do you get well, one of those? I think it's intended to be a, a treadmill. That, um, like, most treadmills, like, if you go to Canadian Tire and you see a bunch of them set up, they're huge. They're mammoth, and they have all sorts of bells and whistles. This is like a mini treadmill, and because of which it doesn't have a lot of those things, including it doesn't have an incline, which people like hardcore joggers want. It's not really, you know, it's it's smaller in size, but it has like a front, like um, a front section that lifts or goes down. And when it goes down, it goes down to the treadmill. It's just a flat walking pad, something like a conveyor belt that you'd see at an airport or something. And, um, and so uh, then you could just slide that under your desk, like under your sit stand desk. And then you can just walk while standing and working at your desk. It's pretty cool, but it only goes up to speed four of what appears to be like above 12 speeds. Like they don't, it, because you're not able to do up the emergency clip that treadmills come with so that if you take a major bail, the treadmill shuts down automatically. So they don't let you go above four to go above four. You have to pull, set it up, put up the, the major section, which is what my wife did 
this evening, just before we podcasted, she wanted to, to run and she likes to be able to hold on to something. Mm-hmm. Now I can just like walk and talk and whatever. I'm super amazing. But she was, she was just doing the, uh, doing it for the first time and, uh, she really enjoyed it. And, and she was able to go up to, uh, you know, higher speeds and stuff, but it's not like a heavy duty runner's treadmill. It is really intended for small spaces. It folds down and you can slide it under a couch. You can take it out and you can slide it under a desk and use it at the same time. So it's pretty cool. Anyway, I plugged it. Um, if anybody wants to know more about it, they can shoot me any, a, a, a direct message on the Twitter and I'll send them my a photo of my setup. Sweet. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, I sent it to Jordan, who is going to be on our show soon. Just uh just uh, before the show to blow his mind and realize mm. he was in the big leagues and and he totally it did it worked now he's going to be he's going to be stepping um, up his exec right. game uh, getting a treadmill desk yeah he, definitely stepping up that's for sure um that's what we do on treadmills now uh speaking of stepping up or stepping down let's step down into the dungeons and i will warn viewers slash listeners mostly listeners um right off that we are going to be talking about a video game that has been recently released we're going to try to keep it as much spoiler free i think as we can here uh but there there may be some so if you don't want to hear those you know maybe skip ahead and also that i as a person who's prone to ranting to begin with i'm going to likely engage in some massive ranting here so before i get going I really do want to go to Ryan and and talk about because I see here from our little document that we like to call show notes that he also has the same game down as I do, which is the Cyberpunk 2077 game. Hmm. And so we're going to be talking Cyberpunk 2077, and I think that involves talking about the game. It involves talking about the launch, its launch that has made a lot of news uh, lately. So I think we're going to get right into that. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts, Ryan, but before I I weighed in i really do want to hear uh your thoughts about both the game and and the launch yeah so um i will say this so we it's funny this this situation with cyberpunk 2077 has been evolving all week long uh including late last week when it launched and we did a show we did we recorded the gamers in last night posted it uh today and since then more news has come out about the game so we talked probably through three quarters of the show about cyberpunk and i'm i'm really curious to hear your thoughts but like bare bones um thoughts from my side uh i'm i'm enjoying the game i'm playing it on xbox one x um i opted for the console version because i wanted a couch experience for me even though i'm not spending a lot of time at a desk working i will be now that i'm back to work but you know, previous to that, I was doing a lot of work on the laptop. Obviously, I'm podcasting at my office, uh, you know, three nights a week. And uh, it just it didn't feel like I wanted a huge RPG on the PC. Normally, that wouldn't be an issue playing on the con the Xbox One X is the most powerful last generation console before the series, uh, the Series X and the PS5 were released. So I felt like I was in pretty safe hands playing a game that had been targeting those systems for the last seven years of development. Um, and I think this is the first time where my assumptions have gotten the, you know, me in some deep trouble, I, not deep trouble. I, I would say like, if you look at cyberpunk 2077, the performance issues on the base Xbox one and PS4 are uh, really problematic. 
and to the point where Sony, as of this recording, has decided to issue all refunds and delist the game, meaning that uh, you can no longer buy Cyberpunk 2077 on PlayStation platforms from the digital store. That's a huge including deal. The, including the PS4 Pro. So, like, even if... Yeah. I, fi- I find this... Just like as a side note, just about the consoles, how you can have this game, because these are not next generation versions of the game. It's the the version. It's one version of the game uh, Mm -hmm. for PS4. It's one version of the game for Xbox. And then you you put it in. And in the Xbox case, if you put it in an Xbox One, an Xbox, uh, an Xbox One X or an Xbox Series X. It's the same disc or whatever. You put it in these three different platforms, mm-hmm. you will get different games or different perform. Like the performance will be so different that it's a di- different experience. So when PlayStation, if you put it in the PlayStation 4, if you put it in the PlayStation 5, you put it in the PS4 Pro, the same disc, you're going to get different performances. So even though they're delisting it, they're delisting it basically based on its performance on the PS4 vanilla version. Yeah. Right? I mean, the Xbox One X experience is not living up to my, you know, I think um, justified high, high, high-ish expectations of a game that took this long to develop and is coming out um, now after being delayed for this this many times. And um, I'm not necessarily going to, and I didn't do this on Gamers In. I'm not going to poo-poo the game because I I am enjoying it, and I've been able to find sort of ways around some of the some of the issues that I've come across. Uh, like for example, there's there's some frame rate issues. Um, you really notice when it drops to the low 20s. For me, as a console gamer, for nearly my whole life. Um, 30 frames per second has been my 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 plot in life right until i started dabbling with pcs and performance modes for xbox one x and ps4 pro 60 frames per second wasn't really something i strive for or needed um but you do notice when you go under into those low 20 frame rates and you do get that with cyberpunk 2077 on the xbox one x when you're driving in third person or the action heats up which happens quite often. Um, But being a very dialogue-heavy game, I have been happy to be playing it on the TV because I can just sit back and enjoy the conversations on my couch, and that's been a really good experience. But I just was expecting a little bit more from a performance side, especially uh, on the Xbox One X, and especially considering CD Projekt Red and Microsoft have been working so closely on a marketing deal with the One X and this game. I think a lot of people were blindsided by Cyberpunk 2077, including Sony and Microsoft and and a lot of gamers who purchased these copies. However, there is a great game here. Um, It's by no means the next generation of RPGs. This is is not that. Um, I think we will get that uh, in the next, you know, in a few years from Bethesda or some other company. But I don't think... Cyberpunk 2077 is reinventing RPGs in a way that is that is uh that that needs to be written down next to Skyrim, but I didn't need it to be that. If people needed it to be that, then that's a that's probably putting it too high, right? I I think Yeah, and I I would even disagree like I would disagree with that point. It's done some things that I've never seen done before already, which I'll talk about in a bit, sure. but I, I I will say that like 
that's putting Skyrim, whatever next Skyrim on, on a pedestal of some sort. It's not going to reinvent RPGs either. It's going to be another version of Skyrim. You know, it's going to be a newer, sexier version. Uh, well, like I the, mean, w- the Witcher three, you could argue may have reinvented these types of games uh, to a certain extent. Yes. But like it, it, re- it rarely happens that somebody moves the needle in terms of changing the, the, the way that these, these role-playing games work, you know? Yeah. Um, For me, it didn't need cyberpunk. 277 didn't need to move the needle i just what i'm enjoying from it is the fact that it's got a futuristic um close close by setting like it's not hundreds of years in the future it, it's within what could be like if we live our lives you know safely within our time span uh like 2077 isn't far off like it's all future tech it's really cool cyberpunk like it, it's it's got it fits it hits that mark for me and i'm not a huge like i'm not steeped in that sort of that type of sci-fi genre but i'm really really enjoying the look and feel and sounds and dialogue like i think a lot of people were giving keanu reeves character some people are giving it a bit of a like a, uh, it's not that great but i think it fits really well like if you're going to get an actor to play a character it makes sense that you you went out and got Keanu Reeves for that character because he's going to be following you around the whole game. And I just, I really dig the character acting. I really dig, you know, the the side quests are really good. I never thought I'd really enjoy like a side quest completely done for like an AI cab company. That, that's been a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot how, to love how, in this game. How far, um, how far are you in it? Um, it's hard to say because there are like right now, right near the beginning, you you unlock sort of like these three path, three sort of main quest lines, and I'd say I'm like one chunk through the first one with Evelyn, and then one chunk through the second one with um rogue at the afterlife yeah i i would just say that that's like i know you're saying right at the beginning but that is not right at the beginning that is no like it's at- it's post there's like a late title card yeah. which is the prologue and then right after that you start to get down to business of like figuring out uh what's going on because there's an event that happens to your character that leads into this the keanu reeves stuff that that kicks off yeah the adventure and i honestly didn't realize um the marketing hit it really like hit it in a way that was uh was well done in the sense that you don't you don't really sense this dire situation in the marketing but when you're playing you're like oh shit like this is a big deal we need to get to work um doesn't seem like there's a like a timer going off in the back but it you know the characters will often remind you like you should probably sort that it's probably just lore based it's not like actually timing you but um i i i feel it i feel the the urge to to push and that's the game. and that structure this structure uh is interesting because it's like you choose three origin stories at the beginning and i and, and there was a lot of marketing oomph behind those origin stories as well but in the re the the way it plays out they're very short they they lead to a lot of conversation uh choices later in the game like that you can make and that have been beneficial for me uh but but they resolve the three origin stories merge very early on. And then there is this prologue part and the prologue part is much of what we have seen so far of the game in terms of the, the vertical slices they've shown at E3 and other things. Um, the, in the end uh and then after that, like the title card comes up so late, like I played it late, maybe three nights running and I put in a good amount of time each time. And then when the title card came up, I was just like, Oh my God, like, I can't believe it. Uh, but it, 
this is a very video gamey thing. Like Assassin's Creed is noted for this type of thing, popping the title cards super late. But still, when it happened, and now I use it as a definer of where you are. And you're right, like it's Act One prior to the title card, and then afterwards, um, you're kind of the game opens up a lot more. So I have a, a good sense, and hopefully, people who are playing would have a good sense of where you are based on that description. Yeah, I think the origins that you choose at the beginning, um, so far, my experience has been it gives you more dialogue choices and directly impacts the very the prologue mission, I would guess, in, in, a, in, a, in a small way. I don't know for certain um, if the if the choice like what, what did you choose? I chose Nomad. Did we choose the same one? I chose Corpo. OK, so at the very beginning, are you in like this like desert town no. and. No. Okay. I'm in so a, it's different. I'm in a, I'm in a corporate office. What I, I it's just the, the the three the three openers I think merge together pretty quick. Uh, yes. There's a time jump where it says like six months later. I think that happens in all three origins, and then they all end up. I love that time jump place. montage. I gotta say, like again, like there's a lot to love about this game, and I think the rightfully so the performance on the lower consoles and and. And the newer consoles, including the next generation, like Jocelyn, my co-host and gamers in, she's playing on the Xbox Series X and has experienced a lot of issues, more than just the general open world jank. So uh, the, that performance stuff, yes, should absolutely take front, front and center stage. But I think it's important to note that there is a great game here. But unfortunately, it's I'm guessing it's mostly on PC, which I feel kind of jealous to. I saw some yeah. gameplay on PC. I know I could run this game at a solid frame rate and probably make it look a little bit better than the Xbox One X. Probably a lot better because I have a worse video card than you and it looks amazing on my oh, computer. I'm so jealous. And so look, am I OK to rant here for a second? Well, or- before you go, I will say this. They are offering refunds. Um it kind of a, in a blanket format it's this weird email so the listeners understand i have requested a refund i have a boxed copy that i purchased from best buy i cannot return it to best buy because it's opened so i thought hey as a podcaster and as a, as a concerned gamer i'm gonna write them in and see what happens i got the general automated email back like we'll get back to you by the end of the year i don't know what's gonna happen but i essentially said to them like i wish i bought this on pc i'm sure you guys wish i bought this on pc but i wanted a couch experience let's see where this leads um but uh i am enjoying it still but it i it's still discouraging to hit like i get hitches i get frame drops especially in action which is super frustrating when i'm trying to wreck fools um but i want to hear your rant because i'm curious because i know you're enjoying it so this is going to be a fun rant i think and i will let you go I, I need to I need to make a lot of acknowledgments up front uh, okay. like I, I really do, I really do before I before I go into it and, and my, so first off my experience is I'm playing it on a PC I have an older video card by gaming standards which is a nine uh, 970 Nvidia um, I am uh, I, I bought a new monitor pretty much for this game it's like a a benq 34 inch or curved monitor um it has hdr in it and such which i i may talk about in a second depending on how long this rank goes um i'm sitting at my computer desk playing it uh so i'm pretty pretty close to the screen which infects Mm -hmm. immersion because this game is all about sort of getting immersed in the sights and sounds of the city so 
that's that's my situation. So first off, I acknowledge I want to acknowledge that 2020 as a year is messed up and that developing a game in 2020, and I know this game has been in development for a long time, but it was scheduled to release multiple times in 2020. That is that is you know challenging, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. I want I want to acknowledge the reception and shady business practices that are associated with the console versions, because honestly. Um, the fact that these versions were not shown uh, is 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 disturbing. Is like it, the, the fact that a lot of this must have been known and was 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 held back, um, and there was an astr- astronomical level of hype surrounding this game. Um, I think I think that that's problematic, and I don't want people to think when I go into my next comments that I'm dismissing the fact that you may have bought a console version of uh, uh of this game and that it's underperforming and that i think that that means your opinion is not valid it does it is valid and it, it's an important and in fact one of my issues is that's all the media is talking about it was most of what ryan was talking about although he did talk about the game uh, a lot too but it, it's hard to talk about it without talking about these tech tech issues and i will acknowledge my love for the genre which is uh the cyberpunk genre i'm a huge fan of neuromancer the original deus ex is one of my favorite games of all time i played it years later than it than it came out i got a computer at one point and i got i bought a bunch of games that i'd missed out on it i bought like warcraft 3 at the time it was 2005 i bought warcraft 3 i bought the original deus ex as soon as i started playing deus ex i wanted nothing to do with any other games i just like played the living heck out of it um and so i i acknowledge i have that bias um this is a genre piece a cyberpunk is a type and it's not for everyone and that's what happens when you have these super ambitious program uh products that are marketed and and promoted to everybody uh and they sell like hotcakes and everybody you know doesn't get necessarily what they want out of them um then then it can be frustrating and it means that these types of giant ambitious projects will likely not happen as much anymore as we see these types of things happen um and i acknowledge the some of the bugs and jankiness i'm again playing it on pc and yes every once in a while a character is holding their cigarette and it's floating in midair i I have seen bugs and I could force the game to find more bugs if I wanted to. The AI is not always super great. Whatever. It's it's not that is not as bad as it's being blown out to be on PC in, in particular. Like I get that people can have different setups and I might just be lucky, but I've also played it on the GeForce experience. And I just want to plug the GeForce experience for a second because my two friends are both playing it on that. And GeForce Experience, for those of you who don't know, if you own a game on PC and it's supported by the GeForce Experience, you can get the first sort of model months for free or you can sign up to it. But essentially, it allows you to stream the game in the same way that you do it over Google Stadia. It's like Google Stadia, except you own that. You buy the game. You buy it on Steam or on, on good old games and you can play it. So I... I, I could play it on all sort of high settings, but it doesn't do it at the resolution my monitor is. So I had to take a resolution compromise and I I went back and forth. I tried it on my PC. I tried it on GeForce Experience. In the end, I felt it was better on my PC. I, I'm playing it on that. But I know my two friends are playing it on the GeForce Experience. One of them is on like a piece of crap Mac from many years ago. So if you really want to play this game and you're like, well, I just have an office computer and I don't have 
you know, um, a console or, or whatever, or my console version is poop. Well, try the GeForce experience. It's, it's been really great with them. So I just want to plug that. So, all right. That's and Ryan, we're not even into my rant. That is just my acknowledgements. <laughs> uh, okay, that is just giving context to what I am about to say. Uh, so there's two things here. One is the game, and the other is the reception to its launch. So obviously, the launch we talked about, they deserved CD Projekt Red clearly fucked up with the PS4 and Xbox One versions, the vanilla versions in particular. Gamers are notoriously unforgiving, and the delays were taking their toll, as were the stories about Crunch and the company. So like, they have desperately tried to do right by gamers since they became a gaming company they're based in poland they're smaller by standards of game companies yes they run gog but when i bought the witcher 3 on console like they gave me all this free dlc they give you color maps still they give you a little note that says thank you for buying our product all the next dlc is going to be free all of this sort of stuff they really go went above and beyond and they're trying they're trying to do that and i know that they will do right by gamers here uh but but they felt the the pressure and i could I, i'm not sure if it was coming from executives if it was coming from themselves why they felt they needed to get it out this year cyberpunk 2020 uh, is the name of the rpg and maybe they the, they based it on it's a pen and paper rpg from mike pondsmith done in the 1980s right cyberpunk is mainly a vision of what the future looked like as seen from the 1980s i i can't stress that enough so like the blade runners of this world the neuromancers all of that stuff it's it's the future as seen from the 80s and and i find that there's a lot of reviews and think pieces about this game that are saying it's not woke enough it's not progressive enough it's not this and that and this is what the future looks like are we sure and the answer i say to that is like no this is what the the a dystopic future looked like from the eyes of people creating it in the 80s. And they're adapting this thing, right? And the game itself, like, at one point you're playing, when you're playing um, a brief interlude as another character, it's in around the 2020 period, which is very different than the period that we're living in right now. Like, the whole world is fictionalized, but it's based on this this, this um perception from the 80s and you don't see the bioshocks or the fallouts of this world get criticized for using a 1950s future aesthetic but nobody seems to be talking about how this is a 1980s future aesthetic uh they're talking about it like oh this is a few just a futuristic aesthetic you know uh, and that so that that bothers me uh, a, a little bit um I feel that there is a media pylon going on with regards to this game and it's getting excessive, especially journalists on Twitter, many of whom I respect. Everything is a story and I think that they feel hoodwinked and I feel like in many cases they feel like they didn't do their jobs properly because they they would be giving these best of show E3 awards out to this game, building the hype up of this game, and yet they never saw the console version. They never saw the PS4, uh, it playing on a PS4 vanilla. And there was never giant pieces written like, we haven't seen this until the game itself was at release door they were so the journalists were kind of like then it comes out and they all they they realized that they should have said show me this game um right before, uh, before, i, I need before, to stop you there though for a yeah. second because when you when it comes to 
to the way um so i've i've experienced uh, a little bit like through gamers in i've experienced a little bit of of what not all game reviewers go through but through what uh, video game journalists go through in terms of looking at pre-release product and um how embargoes work and really what happens at the e3 stage that is a preview it is show it, it is a it is a coverage of what they're seeing at that moment. And for the most part, unless you're playing a Nintendo game or a, so- or a Microsoft game or a Sony game, you are playing the PC version on a souped up computer. That is always the case. Um, that is usually included in the article, but not always front and center. And and when you look at the way Cyberpunk 2077 was showed off at E3, those are clearly pre-rendered sort not all of it but um some of it is pre-rendered like sort of blur type um cinematics but there was gameplay as well but that obviously the pc version being run there on stage and that is their targets for some of the consoles right look um, but, I, I i'm not naive to that ryan no, I, I know i, I, I totally know. am i'm i'm not i i'm very much aware of that but at the same time they're awarding game of show to games that don't even have playable versions. cyberpunk won game of show by multiple outlets and they no one was even able to play it they just were brought into a back room they were shown uh, a vertical slice of the game mm-hmm. and and they were promoting it like honestly the puff pieces that surrounded this game kudos to cd project red's marketing team like fantastic and they and cd project red is getting a, ma- a massive amount of criticism and it is well deserved what i'm saying here is it's often by the same people that have been puffing it up and uh i do feel that we're now in pylon mode i go to these websites i'm playing a game that i'm about to talk about the game itself and how much i enjoy it I'm playing a game that I very much enjoy. I'm used to going to websites and seeing multiple stories saying like, these are like, this is, you know, the top moments from, you know, cyberpunk or the most awesome things or whatever. Uh, There's almost none of those stories. Every single story on every single site is about the launch. And I'm not saying it's a big issue. I'm just saying that we're now at a point of a pylon. I was following some reporters on Twitter. They were just like, tell us your CD Projekt Red refund story. Send me direct messages. And I'm like, what is wrong with you people? You're just contributing to a situation that is a moment in time. And these are people in a smaller company in Poland that have, you know, worked their asses off. And have done right by gamers in the past, and will likely do right in the future on this. So I do, I do have some frustration with with um, with some of this. So, yeah, uh, they're not that small like anymore. They used to be small, but CD Projekt Red is is a larger company now with many developers and 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 many stakeholders. Um, I, I will say this. They're the smallest company that is not owned by a multi conglomerate that I can think of in gaming. Yes. They can they can make something this big. Like like everything else is owned by a Ubisoft, an Activision, a what sure. um, an EA, CD Projekt Red. I get your point. It's not itsy bitsy, but it is definitely like you are essentially saying here, or not you, but like the <laughs> the, the general the general public like are saying here that this company should be you know shamed. Uh, to the point that that the the ambition that they're showing here pushing the needle is not in any way rewarded let's just focus on the the evil the ills that they've wrought and, and put them you know like i don't want to say out of business but like put them in a space that they're no. not getting they're not getting into the in with the big players and the big players have a vested interest in keeping somebody like a small company like this a smaller company like this 
uh, off to the peripheries, you know, right. and I, I find that very frustrating. Yeah, no, I, I feel you on that. I, I really do. And and here's the thing. I know I, I see where you're saying in that the gamers are on pylon mode, but um, CD Projekt Red has... The game media, sorry. I'm not saying the gamers, uh, I'm saying the games media. Well, there's some gamers out there, but I think gamers are being um, better than, I'm going to give them some more credit here. Like they've, they've been worse for less things. And I think now they're kind of like, they're, they're frustrated. They're disappointed, but, but a majority of the people playing on PC are, are, are having a good time. But I'll say this, like um, when it comes to this situation, uh, yes, the games media are focusing on the news here, which is not that Cyberpunk 2077 is here and playable. It's that it is it is faltering on some of the largest platforms uh, available to get. Like there is like a 70 million install base on the PS4, and um, when you see it, what's happening on those consoles? And and this is the thing: pre-release those those reviews that came out there were 90 metacritic store were very adamant like this is the pc version we have not had a chance to play on console every review i saw was we do not have console copies this is the pc version we will let you know what the console version is like when we can go to the store and buy one and i think that was that is a red flag most if not all the times when you don't have that copy like i think cd project red was aware of these issues and but i think cd project red has enough you know sort of goodwill built up from the witcher series and and the way they treat gamers with free dlc and um full un you know um non-cutting room floor dlc the expansions for witcher 3 were fantastic i i think that cd project red is going to be fine they're gonna make good the patches are gonna make those base versions playable because right now they're not the way that they're loading if you see, you've obviously seen the footage i just i think that um they they forced the platform's hands in terms of sony delisting and offering refunds like that's the only way sony was going to offer refunds which was in line with what cd project red told gamers to do and that if you're dissatisfied ask for a refund and um i think cd project will make good i think by march of this year will have playable versions on those consoles. And I, I think what it comes down to it is they should have released the PC version. They should have had the guts to say, here's the PC version. The console versions will come later. You yeah. Know? Oh no. It, it, I don't even know if it's a thing about guts or if it's a thing about, uh, you know, planning or whatever, or they should have just released said, you know, this can only be done on the PS five and the Xbox series X. But again, like I find that the, the the I don't want to say the the loop that you're in and the, the is is going back to being like let's let's talk about all that's wrong wrong with this thing and and the wrong with the launch and wrong with uh, the way that CD Projekt Red handled handled things and I think I am not defending that what I am saying is we have now reached we've passed the point of acceptable outrage and we are now into full on pylon mode and um, and that is be it the gamers, be it the media, be it people with podcasts who are, who are, um, I, I listened to two podcasts today and I could barely contain my anger because they were just absolutely piling on and they were all were filled of members of the media. I normally respect. And I, I truly think that they felt hoodwinked, uh, and, and they were like, okay, this is our time, our chance to, you know, 
to 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 make good uh yeah. and punch and punch back at this company and in the end like i get people i get your point but it's not the smallest company in the world but it's it, it is not by any means a heavy hitter in the industry it is a niche company making niche games that had a big breakthrough in The Witcher Three, and are trying to push themselves to that next level. Um, and and you know, uh, there's there's issues with that uh, for sure. And I'm not defending the performance of it, as I acknowledged early on. But I am uh, getting sick to death of all these pylon stories. And Sony obviously is um, is frustrated uh, because they were the company is going out promising refunds likely with not speak, you know, not speaking to them directly. So they're like, you know, we're going to yank your game off the store. I think looking at the bones of this game, that this is, and it's not even a hard call to make that this will be a no man's sky situation where the game gets fixed up and all this stuff. And then everybody's going to be talking about it as a fantastic mm. game. Like, um, you know, a year from now, I'm telling you or telling listeners that it's a fantastic game right now. It's just that, um, it is you would be hard pressed to know that based on uh, the media attention that it's gotten. And to be fair, my expectations were sky damn high. Mm-hmm. Like The Witcher Three is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, the way that and and I had low expectations, not having really enjoyed the first two Witcher games that much. Uh, it, it, the and uh, Cyberpunk is one of my favorite genres of fiction of all time. To put those things together right off, I was super excited. So I had nowhere to go but disappointment, really. And there are some things, you know, I'm a little bit disappointed of. But I'm I'm done my rant on the pylon and ready to move into my thoughts on the game. Ryan, did you have anything, any sort of critiquing of my rant that you wanted to do before I, d- I talk about the game itself? Yeah. I, I think as someone who, who has, who did a podcast about cyberpunk 2077, I, I think it's while I'm enjoying my experience with it. Um, yeah. The, the, the struggles of the platform um, it's running on come front and center because again, like uh, it's, it's tough to look past those issues um especially when you have a platform that is playing it quite well like that that is a struggle like we have to think of these platforms as equal because all gamers are the same like the person whether you're playing on a playstation you're playing on an xbox you're playing on a pc you have equal right to play the game that is on that platform it's not fair to be playing something that's broken on one and not broken on another so that's why those conversations are happening and they're taking place front and center i think that if you look at the decision making, even rewind a month a month ago, they should have looked at this and said, like, look, we are going to get raked over the coals if we put all of this out in December. Let's just make the tough decision to put it out on PC. Like, I think that's why people are discussing. It could be described as a pylon. It could be it described as someone it... just being not liking the game. Like, I've listened to podcasts like Giant right, Bomb's a great co- example. They did not. Jeff Gersman did not really like the game. He thought it was kind of underwhelming in his eyes. That's his opinion, and he's entitled to it. And I think we need to realize that there's a balance here. There are uh, critics that that didn't like the game, and um, they are getting they are getting piled on as well before the game even came out. Like I think the GameSpot review done by Kaylee Plaguey, she got oh, right, yeah. harassed for giving it a seven, and yeah. That is yeah, unacceptable. No, no, of course that that stuff is unacceptable. To be harassed, has, the seven is that, fine. Like it's that that has to do with um, and that has to do with the gamer mentality of being mm-hmm. feel feeling like you're owed something or that this this has got to be, you know, of a, a 
yeah anyway like i i read her review she totally i thought that whole thing was absolutely disgusting and unacceptable but i do think that it is part of the context of uh, of the media uh with regards to this game, whereas that, whereas, um, you know, you have folks now that, that that's now part of the popular discussion and the game is held accountable for ga- the gamers reaction towards her, you know, like, it's like, now it's like every, every reporter worth their salt has to pile on onto the game. That's just how I feel right now. I do get your point that people have different opinions and diff- like different things about the game, but every comment that is made about this game is prefaced and I had to do my acknowledgements beforehand. And, but, but you do it like pretty much every time you're saying something about the game, you're <laughs> like, you're like, uh, it should be noted that the other versions, these versions, you know, know. And, 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 and I get it, but I just want to point out that these games and you're, you're like, all, all platforms have to be equal. It all has to be the same. And you're right. Everything is deserving a working, a working version when it's being marketed as such. But, there were tons, tons of games that came out for the Xbox 360, the PS3, and the Wii. And the Wii <laughs> version of those games well, that was, the Wii. Was, op- was often broken or a piece <laughs> of shit. And yes, some people in their reviews or like the review for the Wii version would be shitty, you know? But they there was not a bunch of, you know, be it podcasts or other or other. Th- uh, pieces of media where they spent 80% of the time talking about the Wii version. Look, the Wii version's fucked. We get it, right? <laughs> well, so, the Wii was so a like, different... Like, when you think... No, I know, I I'm nitpicking here, but they're different platforms, really. Like, they were different well, hardware. Like, they were different even close in spec. They're different hardware. Of course, they're different. Everything's a different hard. A computer <laughs> and the PS4 vanilla is a different hardware. The PS4's been out for years and years and years. I'm just saying, you buy a cutting-edge pushing the envelope game for the ps4 and it's the shittiest version i mean and it may be broken it's like buying the wii version and being like why don't i have hd graphics you know to a at a certain point there i recognize that it was originally developed for these consoles but it's just it's just that argument is fair it's fair to pick on the ps4 version and to say this is unacceptable what is not fair is to routinely mention it over and over and never really ever focus on the final product without asterisks up the yin yang and then to constantly if you're a media outlet put out negative negative press they're covering the news i would say the pc version got its its few days i think they're creating the news i think they're creating the news they're out there soliciting uh reviews uh like refund stories they're getting people tell us your refund story they're trying to make news right um uh, about this anyway that's my two cents i think Mm -hmm. people have already gotten the point now i would like to talk about the game yeah let let, Uh, let us let okay let's make a pack let's let's talk about the game and our and our positive enjoyment because i think it's i i will say i'm i'm enjoying the game after we play this i'm or after we play after we talk about this game i'm probably going to go play it until i'm a little bit more tired um so depending on how long it takes us to wrap this up i'm gonna i'm gonna play it after this no matter when we finish because i am enjoying it i'm enjoying the story i think the story is doing something that personally i haven't um experienced in like recently in my in my you know media consumption i think that the idea um i thought the keanu reeves thing was going to be weird but the idea of how he is introduced and how he plays a role is really interesting 
and they they just do some really cool stuff with characters and and storytelling and i'm having a blast running through the game from that aspect you know yeah so i love it so far and i'm in the second act past the title card Mm -hmm. um a very similar location to where you are. I've been concentrating mostly on on main story missions. Um, however, I have done some stuff, and the performance has been great for me. It took me a while to figure out how to turn HDR on on my monitor. Like I went through three nights without it, and then I turned it on one day, and I was like, "Holy crap! It's amazingly immersive." Um, each night, I have had I've had a hard time stopping playing, and I've you know probably didn't sleep as well this week as I should have. Uh, it's To me, it's Deus Ex blown up. It's like Deus Ex was these small environments, but it is the exact same gameplay, which is that, you know, you have uh, a sneaking option, you can... You can hack. You can uh, you can knock guys out or, or or go in guns a blazing. There's always there's lethal or non lethal approaches to things. But as opposed to a dishonored or a Deus Ex or whatever, it's it's blown out to the entire world. Um, and you're not just in one little hallway area that that is made to seem like a city. Uh, and no offense to the Deus Ex games, which I love uh, and are very very well done. But but this is just wish fulfillment in the way that it blows blows that up to the next level i agree with you on the characters um the story really gripped me more than i thought that it would early on and i agree with you that there's like a push to continue with that sort of main quest even though there is no necessary time urgency you feel like oh man you've got to follow up on these things um the side content has varied but it's had a dramatic impact on my game on my game so far and i just want to go back to when you said like this is not like the next step in rpgs and it is very much an rpg more than it is a shooter like and that thing that cannot be stressed i've heard people criticizing it as not being as reactive a city as a grand theft auto and i would say to that end it's because it's an rpg for the most part it's not it's not a world it's not a, a city sim even though the backdrop is 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 amazing um but uh I, here's here's this sort of side story that i i i had ryan which was that uh when at one point the world opens up and i did i did a bit of side content and some of it was like police missions there's like people getting beat up and you could just you could save them Mm -hmm. or whatever um and then one of them was like like there's the each neighborhood of the game has um kind of these these guys called fixers that give you that give you quests that that run kind of like the mercs in the in those areas and calling uh, you and i haven't gone to to visit them i've gotten like eight calls from them i really should go meet them (laughs) you know i don't know if i've if I'm doing it wrong by just taking their calls and being like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to you later type thing. Well, that first fixer that you meet in the, in the very, for the very first mission that you do at the very beginning of the game. Um, and you can go back and get your reward later, which, which is fun. I'm like, what mission was that again? Oh yeah. I remember yeah. it's part of it. And I, I know you can meet her. A lot of the other ones, I'm not, I'm not sure if you can actually meet them if they're just like, they just call you and you see their faces and, and you, you engage with them. But the one in the, the neighborhood near the beginning where I'm starting, I think it's Watson. Um, one of the side quests was like, there's just a, like, it's like a wanted poster and, and it's to hunt. There's a couple of guys with, with bounties on their head and there was one and he ended up like i went i so i just went to the map on the map i'm like okay i'm gonna go find this guy i find i find him he's in a club and um 
he's on the top floor of the club and I sort of scout it from the outside. I'm walking around. I'm looking at the ways that I could potentially get in it. Uh, I'm like, okay, this is the guy is not just in there. I walk in the club. I go, I go have a drink at the bar. Again, this is not a side quest. Um, this is just like a wanted poster essentially. And I, and you can ask the guy about, about the person with the wanted poster, the bartender that is. And the bartender says, yeah, you better get out of here if you know what's good for you. And so I'm like, okay, this guy's not going to help me. Uh, I take a look around. And then I uh, eventually I, you know, I try to stealth my way in. It turns sideways. It ends up being like a giant, a giant shootout. Eventually I I take out the guy and it's pretty awesome. Like the whole area is designed just for this bounty. It's like, it's a whole club, multiple rooms upstairs. Like there's tons of stuff, Um, lots of ambient storytelling where you can find out like guys were playing cards and you see they were taking these drugs and like, you're, I'm just like, wow, this world is so crazy. So I, I kill this guy. He's a member of this gang called the tiger claws. He's just like a wanted poster, whatever. Okay. So then I'm do I, I go back to the main story um, and I'm doing the main story quest. And as part of the main story quest, I have to go and shake down this guy in this club. Um, and uh, it's, it's part of the Evelyn thing that you, you might be doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, and I go to the club and I, I eventually you find it, you end up speaking to the club owner and I have a conversation option when dealing with him. Again, I'm in the mission. I'm in the, the main quest now, and I have a conversation option that essentially says, hey, I killed this guy, this heavy hitter from the Tiger Claws. You better be careful or I'm going to do that to you, like to threaten him. And he immediately, he's like, you were the guy that took out that guy? Okay, man, I, you know, like, I'll do whatever you want. And he, so I ended up doing this side quest bounty that i thought meant nothing uh, like it was just a fun time get some money in my pocket whatever and it led to a conversation option in a main quest with the side character that allowed me to to you know get by him and and get what i was looking for and i was like that's insane that's like going around in assassin's creed and like you know uh get, you know doing some sort of or some sort of roadside thing uh in red dead redemption 2 and then it coming back and and changing the whole way like the options that you have available in the main story it's what what i was promised i think in a lot of these previews and i don't think like you know nobody else unless you did unless you did that bounty before you did that quest you would never even know about it right like that linkage is so tenuous like how many players are going to actually have done that bounty before they do this particular story quest. And now I'm like, man, all these side things could potentially be linked to any, any number of the main story quests. It's made me super paranoid about all the hidden options that there are that I'm leaving on the table. I'm like, Oh man, I've got to, I've got to like clear out the map of all these fixer quests because it, it could, it could give me more conversation options in the main quest. Maybe it could lead to more angles. Anyway, I just thought that was so crazy. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I did a great job explaining it, but, but bottom no. line for, for video games, I, mean, I thought it was, it, it was pretty, it was a, it was a new thing that I had never really seen before. No, I, I think that that stuff there, like the dynamic changing of, um, dialogue options and impact of side quests like i think i think that's really interesting and i've seen it pop up here and there um and i think that's really cool that's a great sort of uh 
new addition to the game that probably took a lot of work for branching paths and stuff. Um, and I've experienced a little bit of that. I have really kind of not necessarily mainline the story, but I've been doing more story than side missions. Um, it, to the point where I did a, I think there was a side mission that was clearly should have been done earlier because it was like, um, someone had passed away and you were supposed to like check in on their, on their mother. And it's like, Oh wow. I probably should have done that sooner. Um, it's, I still haven't done it. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. Like I'm, I'm really enjoying the story. I'm enjoying all the side quests. I find that the world for me, like a lot of the people that were, we're talking about the world in a negative aspect. Like I'm enjoying the world. I'm enjoying walking around. I'm enjoying looking up at the tall buildings and interacting with the characters do I wish I could kind of like have more of a conversation with more characters? Sure. But like really realistically, when I'm walking down the street, if I try to kick up a conversation with a stranger, it's not going to go well. And I would it's not going to happen, right? Yeah, like it's, it's not going to happen. Especially, especially in that world, like you you go up to the street, you're like, hey, how's it going? Fuck you, buddy. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm still walking, you know, I, like, no, I, I, I totally get that. And, and I'm enjoying, I'm really enjoying the RPG side of it. All the conversations, like, are for a game made in Poland that is obviously trying to support like a worldwide launch. Um, all the VO in English sounds great, in my opinion. All the main characters sound great. All the dialogue options are are in my mind like well written enough that I'm not like cringing like some games you play. I think the writing's really good. I really like the dialogue options that I'm given, especially like I'm given the prompt for nomad nomad options like enough that it's it's cool to see it there, but not annoying that it pops up every time. Like it's, it's, it's fleshed in there when it makes sense, especially when you're, you know, you're talking to another nomad or even someone who specifically did something very similar to what you did, which was leave your family, your clan, and you're able to have a heart to heart conversation because you've literally gone through the same thing they've gone through and you can relate to that character. Your character can relate to that character. So I really think they did a good job in setting up the world and the characters and their interactions. Um, I'm never good at gunplay, especially on a controller. Again, I wanted to play it on the, on the TV, so I'm not going to sort of fault the game for me having to play with a controller, but uh, I'm not a great shooter. Uh, so I'm trying to go more hacking. Um, and I'm, I, I don't know if the game's tuned early on to support more hacking, but I, I hear like the further you go and the more stuff you earn, like you are a gunslinger at the beginning, but I feel like as I progress through the game, I'm going to be able to be more, um, more of a hacker and, and more formidable, formidable in that aspect. But right now, most interactions, even when I'm trying to stealth quickly become, um, oh shit, they saw you, get your gun out and just shoot madly. Like that that has been my interactions. They're still fun interactions, but I would prefer more of an option for stealth to be viable early on and and the, and the hacker route yeah. to be more viable early on. But I get it. They don't want to give you all the tools at the very beginning. I um, I think that's partly because you're on console. Like I, um, I, I am mostly stealth and I save scum like crazy, um, sure. which is... Uh, uh, save quick saves and quick loads. I have a I have it on an SSD hard drive, and man, it loads like really really quickly or fairly quickly um, for a game of its breadth and size. And so what that means is just I have I 
play it like I play Deus Ex, which is like non-lethal, try to knock out as many people as possible. However, unlike Deus Ex, where it's like if I kill somebody, I will like reload and all of this. This game, it's if if stuff goes bad and I have to take out a couple of guys, it's not the end of the world. But I have mostly because I was worried about my computer performance early on, I was like, I'll I'll just go stealthy as well. And um it's gone it's gone pretty pretty well i find uh like i can be critical of this game too the only reason i am not critical of it is because because i'm doing so, enough for everybody no everybody is critical of i it. know it's not you it's it's not it's not you and honestly the the be it jeff gersman or other other people who are in the gaming media and who are criticizing this game um i i just Ooh. find that it, Oh, that was my the arm the arm on my chair. Uh, I I I just find that it's it's like it is a really really goddamn good game. And and why why is it not resonating with people? And it, what what strikes me, aside from all obviously the kerfuffle over launch, is that it is a niche game. And it's like and if you're not into RPGs, if you want. You know, it's been it's been promoted and marketed as a mass market product that everybody should enjoy, and it's sold like that. When in fact, that it is really for a certain type of person that enjoys cyberpunk, um, that enjoys the you know the the uh, visions of the future future from the eighties, that enjoys the type of gameplay that a game like Deus Ex is based off of, which gives you a choice on how to approach situations, but is likely not top of class in any. Like it is not the best stealth game ever made. It is not the best hacking game ever made. It is not the best shooting game ever made. But it does all of those things very well um, and provides those options. Um, I, I would like more hacking options. Like I would like there to be more things that I can do, and maybe I will unlock those as I go on. But using the few options that I have, I have managed to stealth entire areas in really cool, uh, in really cool and interesting manner. So you know, it's still there. And I found a gun, and I'll tell you about after the show, Ryan. I found a because um, I was having a hard time discovering like the the enemies are kind of bullet spongy. Mm-hmm. I I found that um that the guns were were difficult and then I found a gun uh, um, uh in a place that is a story place that uh, that has changed like it's my go-to gun now and then when I pull it out I'm like okay you guys you're you're screwed now and uh it's really made those action sequences much more enjoyable sometimes it's just finding the right weapon in a game like that Yeah no I think that's where I'm I'm kind of, I think I'm, uh, the way I'm playing is I'm going pistols. I've come across a shotgun that I'm really enjoying. And uh, I want to, I want, I so badly want to do swords. I I know it's probably a mistake, but I want to be this badass hacker sword person. And um, I'm kind of specking down that line. And um, I'm I'm also trying to, to do more of a hacker route, stealth hacker route. And and it, it, again, I'm having I'm having a great time doing it. I, I really am, and um, it's it, it's one of those things where I I hope I hope I, I just continue to enjoy the game playing through that way. I I much prefer um, when I'm going through the game. I'm I'm really digging the storylines that are sort of mixed, sort of combat slash discussions. Like I find a lot of the main stuff has been really cool. Um, with sort of a balance between combat and and sort of uh, discussions with characters, but uh, some of the side stuff has been like has been sometimes more combat focused, and other times more like solve this problem through dialogue and 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 whatnot. And that's been really cool. Like there was a side mission where 
you're getting fed uh, a quest from the uh, the NCPD, and they're saying like, hey, there's a rookie cop who's trying to investigate. She's pushing too far. She's putting herself in danger. Can you convince her to to drop the case? So you can do it in many ways. You can just kill her yeah. if you want, or you can figure out where she is. So to do that, you go into the market, you talk to some people, and through discussion, like you can you can convince them to give you the information you can pay them off i paid them yeah, off they only wanted too. like 900 credits so it wasn't a big deal um and then i went in and, and again like i really felt and whether it was the systems or whether this was even how did you go in i i uh, i think i hacked the door and i and i let myself in to the room see um, i i uh, like when i got i went to the it's, she's in a motel i went in the yeah. motel and then you get given a room which is the room directly beneath hers so then i went into my room and then oh, i went did up, you go to the fire escape i went up the fire escape and then i went in the window and you're right next to her sort of stealthy when you come in uh, but then I, I i think we probably did this same thing and we engaged i engaged her in conversation and i was able to talk her down uh, yeah, I, I, I was able to talk. Ryan's to like, I shot her three times in the back of the head. I'm like, Ryan. No, but, no. Uh, she, she had a gun on me as I was talking to her. So, fair. and I, and I, I calmed her down in a way. And I thought that was really cool that I was able to deescalate through conversation. Um, because there are a lot of moments where it's like, you can stealth in, but clearly you're just gonna have to shoot your way through this. Um, but when there are moments where you don't have to hack them or, sneak in you can just have a conversation and figure it out that way and that is really pleasant i i thoroughly enjoy that aspect of the game where where there are these moments that you can um you can do that really it's cool i think video games are like the modern day pyramids like in the sense that they are just insane that they were ever constructed to begin with and like cyberpunk is one of those games like i half expect that that one lady's story will come back at one point and it will be connected to eight other things like the game is so in intricately made it is insane like i've talked to my friends who have done the beginning mission the the mission that was shown to a lot of folks and we all did it in different ways we all i i thought like there was only one obvious way to do it no we all did it differently um and uh and it, it it's led to side effects it's le uh, led to different characters that we now have as contact people like it is just it is just insane so again for me cyberpunk 2077 when all is said and done, and again, I'm still early in gameplay, may end up being my favorite game of, of last year. And and I know I came off as a whiny, entitled, angry gamer a little bit in terms of ranting about about the pylon. It seems like I'm not sympathetic to the people that are stuck with lemon versions of the game and, and, and what the company has done. I am sympathetic to all that. I think it's getting its day in the sun. It's just that uh, it's just that the sun is now burnt bright to the point that uh, I'm concerned that that if i'm a company on the outside i'm thinking like there is no point in reaching for the stars you're just going to get burned um and and they you know uh a lot of people were like well they should have thought smaller they should have you know um done something a little bit more that feasible and 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 maybe that's true like maybe that's the lesson learned but i would like to see that these companies outside of the big ones like i've played so many ubisoft open world games i love ubisoft i love their games but I've played them and, and to see other companies doing something different, it, it, it's pretty cool. So I I'm excited to play more of cyberpunk. Uh, and uh, I, I'm sure like no joke, Ryan, this will not be, 
the last I, and I, I'm I'm more than happy to eat crow if the game takes a giant downturn, which is very possible, or I start seeing the seams. Like I, I will point all that stuff out on future episodes. But for now, the only two things I note is the contrast between how much I'm enjoying this game and how it is being talked about in the public discourse. I understand why. Uh, I just think it's it's at, at the point now of overreaction. And I hope the people who are on the fence play it on PC. There's a GeForce experience. I've mentioned it. There's other ways that you can play it. Uh, uh, it's worth picking up the PC copy. You don't need to wait for 18 zillion patches. Um, if you want to, you can. But if you're tempted, there is a good game there right now. Yeah, I agree. I think if you have a PC that can play it, it seems to be well-optimized. Uh, definitely check this out on PC. And, um, you know, if you want to play it on console, I would probably advise waiting for some patches. But if you're adventurous like me and want to play it right away on the couch, you can you can do that as well. I'll uh, be honest. I'm really t- I'm really curious to, like, play it on console. Like, I'm really I would I have a PS4 Pro. I almost wish I had a vanilla PS4 because that's you know, for me, again, I am making a huge argument based on not experiencing another side of a coin, right? And and I don't know what folks are like. I've seen these captures that people have shared, but it is possible to get really bad captures of things. And uh, I would like I would like to see like what is the regular gameplay for these games. My understanding is that it's all on the vanilla on the vanilla consoles but like is it really that awful or is it maybe it's even worse than i think and in which case maybe my opinions would change maybe it's not being blown out of proportion the way it feels like it is for me you know i don't know but uh anyway yeah. uh, just of note i have not played the console versions yeah well i've I've only played the xbox one x that's all i can speak to but uh i do highly recommend folks if you're looking to learn about how this runs on other platforms there's a great digital foundry youtube video that should not surprise anyone but they compared they compared performance on all of the console versions and in terms of uh playability like the xbox one is actually the lowest performing then the ps4 then the xbox one x then the PS4 Pro, and then the PS5 and the Xbox Series X kind of like are neck and neck in terms of that they don't have their specific next-gen patches, so they're just running on, running an old game on new hardware. But um, it's a really good video if you want to get a get a deep dive on, on what is actually going on. Those guys are great, so I highly recommend them uh, checking that out. Well, that was a long uh, talk about cyberpunk, probably not be the last that we talk about it. But hey, this is my pulpit and I wanted to take advantage (laughs) of it. Uh, uh, And so uh, Ryan gets to do it twice in a week with his uh, gamers in. I this is where I get to I get to do it. So I think we are good to uh, move into the next section, which is the diaper section. Um, Ryan changing some diapers, talking about some kids stuff. I have been talking a lot. Do you want to go first? Yeah. So uh, in terms of this is our last show of 2020, uh, last show before Christmas. Uh, I believe my my numbers are. Uh, yeah, no, that, that is correct. This is our last show of, of 2020. And um, 
Christmas is next week. I don't know where I'm going here. Uh, oh, now I remember. So basically what's been going on is um, I've, I'm going to try to focus on the positive here. Like we could sit here and talk about how people are still planning Christmas um, dinners when they shouldn't be and not inviting us because uh, we'll definitely tell them uh, how they're wrong <laughs> and we should do it over Zoom. But um, there was a really cool thing in town. Santa Claus parades are one of these things where it was another sort of casualty of uh covid in the sense that you don't want to encourage a bunch of people to to pack themselves around a street watching a slow moving parade come by that is never ending right i get that i understand why it was canceled and there's been various ways that towns and villages have tried to keep the tradition alive but in a way that's safe so i think i talked about on the show a couple weeks ago that we did a drive-by uh, Santa Claus parade where we were driving by um, a parade, not really a parade, but a setup that would be similar to a parade on the side of the street. And it was very entertaining outside from the fact that um, there was a grid, it was in a village, so there was a gridlock. And then um, Abby and Caden both had to go to the bathroom. So both of them had to use the potty in the, in the van. So that was fun. Um, I do not recommend that style that of Santa sucks Claus it was bad now mind you good thing it was number ones but caden's caden's getting pretty big he's five now so yeah. if you imagine like a potty training potty it it's not really built for kids capacity it's not built for capacity either so <laughs> luckily he went and i and i had to I had to basically say to them, like, look, man, like, this is a, this is not the toilet. It's a small little potty. So you're going to make sure that you control what you're doing or else it's going to go everywhere. And, um, you know, kudos to him. He did a good job. Uh, and but this was like while we're driving, because we're if I pull over, we lose our spot in this like huge line to see the parade. And uh, suffice to say, it wasn't the best experience, but the kids enjoyed it. And it was our first sort of Santa Claus parade uh, for the year. But then in Peterborough, which is a larger town that has a larger parade, as opposed to Lakefield, the one we, we did the drive-by at, um, part of the Peterborough Peets, which is our local OHL team, they were, have put on a the opposite. They were doing a drive-by Santa Claus parade where they're doing the driving around town. And you just, basically what you did is you signed up, you put your street into their system and they built a route all over peterborough and it went from 1 p.m to 9 p.m this huge long time span and essentially they put a map out and they put it on facebook live and they would kind of update as they were going and they went all over town for those eight hours just doing drive-by santa claus parades it was like three floats like one was the pete's actually i think two were the pete's and one was Santa Claus himself, and there was like two cruisers, sort of flat, like sort of bookending the parade, police cruisers, and it was really great. Like we took the kids out. We um, our street was at like eight o'clock at night, so what we did was we drove to a, an area where uh, it was starting and kept our distance from folks. Helped that it was raining, so we didn't have to deal with crowds. But we saw the parade a couple times, so we drove there. We watched it, and we drove around the corner, and we watched it again. And the kids really dug it, and it was it was really good, and we were safe. And then at like eight thirty, Ashley's like, "Hey, you know, do you want to go out and watch the parade while the kids are sleeping?" And we did that as well. And it was a, it was a really nice experience that they were able to to do something like that. It was um, it was good that they kept it 
kept that tradition alive and i think the kids really dug it they always loved the santa claus parade but um yeah it was nice to see it was uh from a christmas standpoint it was really nice to see them um keep the parade going so to speak so it was a huge undertaking too to 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 imagine doing that for eight hours would be i'm sure they took breaks but still it was cold i can't and it was raining most of the day so uh shout out to them they did a great job that's cool man uh yeah we are totally um like all our christmas santa claus parade stuff was canceled around here like there there to my knowledge there was nothing uh at all uh, which is i mean i understand and and we're we're trying to to everybody's doing quite well around ottawa we had numbers that were high in the fall and they've kind of lowered lowered down and we're not as much a hot spot anymore so i think we're trying to keep that gravy train running um but in terms of christmas stuff man my kids are totally christmased up like we have their advent calendar countdown that's going big time and uh and uh, Gwen, seemingly the six-year-old, has like stuff at school every day, crazy, uh, crazy Christmas art projects um, that she's working on. Like we we got a tree from a tree farm and all decorated it together. I forgot how many amazing ornaments we have. You know, it's now a combination of like the classy ornaments with the kid sort of like I made this when I was two years old. It's super cute and you can never take it down ornament. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and so that's 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 awesome i find our tree looks really great and we've kind of been like and my wife would say this like we've been in this house two years we've done a we had claire around that time we have done a bad job of sort of decorating we were waiting to do paint we just got it painted this year and there's a lot of uh, decorating that needs to be done so having the tree and the christmas decor up really like uh, livens up the house quite a bit so you know you're stuck in your house all the time as it is like you gotta you got to um, have uh, victories where you can find them. Uh, and so anyway, it's, it's been uh, Christmas has been good. The, the only other thing I was going to highlight on, on in terms of uh, kids stuff is like, I've been thinking about like games to play with Gwen and I, uh, especially it's been cold and we've been inside and vacation coming up. Uh, I remember last time, I think I talked about overcooked and how we were playing overcooked um, that ramped up in difficulty right fast and like she had a good time but i mean like it gets it gets tough for a six-year-old you know and then you can only do the easier levels so many times Mm -hmm. um and so we were like i kind of need um a new game and i've been kind of like circling around dragon quest 11 um i felt that a you know it's on switch it's on all these consoles this has a really cutesy kind of art style but it's hard to know if these games are appropriate for kids or yeah. not like to watch, like I, I, not to play, to watch, you know, and this is the thing that I always struggle with. And, uh, and I'd look on these websites and I'm like, is dragon quest 11 appropriate for kids? And they'll be like, you should be like nine or 10 to play dragon quest. I'm like, I don't care how old you should be to play it. I want to know, can they watch it? Is there stuff that's questionable? Um, and, uh, so anyway, they've released a demo, and in true JRPG fashion, it's like, no joke, 10 hours long. <laughs> uh, and, and it was so long that at one point, I forgot we were playing a demo. Like, totally, I lo- you know, I completely, and, and when it did eventually end, and Gwen's like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, it's a demo, uh, because we've been playing it for like a week. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, but I have to say, 
if you're looking for like an absolute pure of heart adventure to play with your kids, oh my God, it's a it's a great game. Like it is super basic in terms of how it plays. It's like an RPG from the olden days where it's like you just choose from a menu of turn-based combat. The graphics are so nice. The story is so like basic, but like, you know, lots of interesting characters, lots of adventure, voice acting, really good for kids to watch, like watching an animated show. Gwen was really into it. Um, and up to this point, there's been no really questionable content. Like, and so far, no characters that are being like overly sexualized or anything like that. I was worried about that. Uh, it's just too bad you can't pick a girl as a main character. I think she was disappointed. But, you know, the main character looks kind of asexual, so it works both ways. Um, but yeah, no, uh, totally, total recommend that game. And so now, now we're in this weird mode where I desperately want to buy it because I want to keep playing, but, but she wants me to ask for it for Christmas, you know, oh, yeah, she, you she, she doesn't realize I'm an adult and can buy whatever the hell I want. But like, I, she's like, you should ask Santa for it. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, here's the thing. Um, Dragon Quest 11 is available on game pass and you could, you could get it there but i guess it revolves around you having to figure out how to hook up your computer to the tv right so this is what drives me nuts okay because it's available on game pass it's available on playstation and they constantly have sales right and it it's it but it's and it's available on switch and switch it's not full price it's not even 79.99 it's like 64 bucks canadian which believe it or not american listeners is a good deal um and uh the thing is though Ryan, is we have 10 hour plus of progress on our save file and it transfers to the Switch version, but we can't transfer it to other versions. We would have to start the game over and not, neither of us, my time is worth too much money for that. Um, I hear you. So, so, uh, cause it starts slow. Like it starts really slow. Like it's like, you know, it's you're very basic. Like uh, it, it's, there's, you know, the prologue and again, the title card comes up pretty late and all of that sort of stuff. So yeah, I feel like I'm locked into buying the switch version, even though I do, I knew, I know it's on game pass now, although it's one of those games that I could see only like, it's like the only game you're going to play for a long time. It's really long. And I will say that it is really funny playing it back to back with cyberpunk because cyberpunk is like so visually busy. It's like it, it, it almost blows your brain how busy it is. And then of course there's the bugs and stuff that we talked about where dragon quest 11 is so like, it has such a stylized art style. It's so polished and it's so kind of streamlined and not busy that it's almost like I look at it and I'm like, Oh, my eyes feel good. Yeah. Well, you know what? There's, there's no, I, I imagine that um, Nintendo will have, uh, will have like a sale for the holidays so maybe you'll get a, a little bit of a discount but i think they just got the definitive edition um put out on the switch which did bring the price down below like the 80 dollars threshold so the new low is i think the 64.99 that might be what you end up uh having to purchase that but yeah like i hear you on the progress and if you want to play it on the switch you should just get it on the switch ask for it for christmas croft and what are you doing yeah i know that's what i do my big thing is that it's just like you know uh, we're off all next week, and it's like, I want to play me some Dragon Quest. Game's fun. And Gwen and I have a blast playing it, but she's like, no, got to wait for Christmas, Daddy. I'm like, wait for Christmas? I'm an adult. I get what I want. It's true. You know, <laughs> It is kind of weird trying to explain that to your kids, especially when it comes to video games. Um, I, uh, yeah. I, oh, 
Oh, wait. Actually, it's funny how I look to see if she could hear me, but she's completely asleep. Two floors up. She can't hear me. Whatever. Here's the deal. She, <laughs> I know what she's got me for Christmas. Oh. She's bought, she bought me, um, she, she, well, my, my wife bought me Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Ooh. Okay. Now, here's the, here's the deal. I've never really played a Pokemon game, and nor do I have that much interest in playing a Pokemon game. That's a good one to start with, though. Yeah, one that was originally released on the Game Boy. I mean, it feels like it. Anyway, it doesn't it's matter. It's a remake. I, it's a remake. Come on. But I think I think that's why she doesn't want. She wants. She wants to play Dragon Quest more, but she wants me to get the Pokemon game from her, and then we're gonna play Pokemon. But I, you know, I don't know. I just don't think I'm gonna like it as much as Dragon Quest Eleven. That's just me. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you could do both. I don't know. You are an adult. May- <laughs> I am an adult. I do what I want, Ryan. Yeah, you're enjoying Cyberpunk. You're an adult. Uh, Those are requirements to enjoy that game because I I feel like it is a very mature game. But um, yeah, you you should get Dragon Quest. I mean, the other option is you just get Game Pass and you start over. Like, I'm, I'm surprised the demo let you put 10 hours in. That's pretty crazy. It's it's yeah, I think for us it was like 11 hours because we dawdled too. But it's like it is funny. Like if you just Google Dragon Quest 11 demo, like you'll pull up like 18 articles that say like Dragon Quest 11 demo is 10 hours. LOL. You know, like um, and uh, it's just like these JRPGs. Like, you know, that game is going to be like 100 plus hours. So like but here's the reality. If you make it through that demo, you're in it to win it. And for me, I I was, you know. Uh, like I didn't know if this game was appropriate for my kid or not. I needed the demo and I, I can't remember the last time I played a demo of anything. And, but it was very helpful. Cause I was like, yes, if this game is more than appropriate. You know, uh, this is great. It's like, uh, and it, it's really has a spirit of adventure, you know, like the, the great, like we're going off on an adventure and, and, um, and, and uh, it's just perfect for kids. Like as an adult, you might be like a little eye rolling at a lot of it. It's, it's slow to unfold but for kids man it's it's great and, and honestly like the reason that Gwen can't play it is really just comes down to one thing is she can't read um and uh you know she's starting to read and like she's six and she's learning it but like just choosing you know those games they work on menus so fight cast flee like very basic commands but until you know what they say you can't really choose them right so she can't she, every once in a while she does the forging mini game or she'll do a fight that's really easy um but she mostly wants me to play and to watch and so uh that's cool i like that yeah no it's really good i'm glad you're uh i'm glad you're enjoying dragon quest and and you should She's my twitch <laughs> yeah you should pick it up on uh you should pick it up on switch you should just do it you'll enjoy it uh no that's good stuff i uh i'm looking forward to hearing about your further adventures in all the rpgs you seem to be picking up (laughs) Uh, i don't know where you're finding the time but um you know what it it is kind of nice i i found like with is with bug snacks i had no problem playing through that game and taking my sweet time with it with the kids because it was technically separate video game time it's nice to have games you can play with your kids and then games you you have to yourself like cyberpunk isn't something that you're min maxing by enjoying it on your own time and with the kids um but uh it's nice to have separate games that you progress together with right so i i need my next one now that i've Yes, but it's not that. It's it's I can wait. 
You know one thing I like about cyber, cyberpunk uh, is uh, the, all this, the billboards and signs. Uh, occasionally there are some that will make me laugh so hard. Like it's just like because it's a dystopic future. And like but there's this one, there's these brain dances, which are like, uh, I guess, uh, um, you know, like experiences that you could buy and your character would put on a helmet. Like I, I don't think you can do it. It's more that the civilians do it. You do this sort of more advanced brain dance as part of the story to to solve mysteries and stuff. But a lot of them are like sexual in nature, obviously, and they, they replace the porn industry and stuff. But there's there's like some ads for them, and I'll I'll walk by and I'll look at them and I'll just I'll just laugh out loud. I'm, uh, they must have had some fun putting putting some of that some of that stuff together there's a lot of ridiculous stuff in that world oh yeah there definitely is definitely is i mean if we're done here i'm gonna go play even though it's Uh, super late yeah yeah no i will i will let you go ryan um so i'm just (laughs) i'm just gonna do the business for the the, business uh, yeah for sure for the folks at home so okay guys a uh, little unorthodox episode. Uh, you got to hear uh, some 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 good ranting, some good feedback. Uh, but you probably want to rant back at us. Uh, you want to just be like, Crofton, you're so right about everything and all that stuff. That's true. Uh, so you can email the show, dad at tgistudios.com. Um, you can also just harass me on Twitter at Crofton Steers or Ryan at R. Murphy. Uh, but we also have a show. Uh, Twitter and that's great because you'll figure out when the latest episodes drop and that's at D and D cast. Um, I can't still can't believe we got that handle. We're really great. Also, we are on the web. So if you want to go through all our old episodes, catch up, uh, you came for the cyberpunk controversy this week and now you're like, wow, man, these guys are so smart. Let's hear what they say about other things. TGI studios.com slash dad. Um, and I, I drew, drew this out as long as I could to prevent Ryan from playing cyberpunk. But now that, it, that we're all done, the family feud's over, we're, we've made peace, and we're ready to call it an episode. So I just want to say to everybody, and, and I'm sure Ryan will echo this, um, happy holidays. Hope you 2020 has been the worst. We all know it, uh, but it's just a, a year, and uh, and uh, now we're gonna, you know, get back on track in the new year. Vaccinations for everyone, and uh, soon we'll be we'll be partying like it's 2019 before you know it. Um, so uh, happy New Year, everyone! Uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah. That's gonna do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great week, and. Christmas, everybody. Bye. Bye, everyone. Merry Christmas. Have a good holidays. Say goodbye to 2020. We did it. Hope you get it. Hope you get an in-ground pool. Yeah. I hope you get Dragon Quest Eleven, not the demo. And then you can fill it with dirt. Yeah. That's how I fill my pool. I just put a bunch of video games in there that I don't have time to play. I just I thought it would be really funny if you were like uh, when when I was talking about Dragon Quest Eleven, you're like, oh, you should have told me I have eight versions of that game, and then it, then you'd be like, I got the I got <laughs> I got the Switch version, the PS4 original, the PS4 remake, the whatever, and ah, uh, I would be like, Ryan, send me one of those, but <laughs> instead you're like, get Game Pass, fine, it is on Game Pass, yeah, you should get it on Game Pass, yeah.